Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, all of you beautiful people. Jules here for WhatCulture.com. You know what? A fair number of wrestlers, they're probably going to hell. I mean, they're liars by trade, and the racket has spewed forth a litany of criminals, some of which have committed the worst, most unimaginable atrocities. And you know what? I thought that I'd bring my series over from the gaming channel, which was called The Seven Deadly Sins, surprisingly enough, which took a look at different video games and which sins they best represented, and now I think it's time to apply that same mentality to the wrestling industry. The question here we're going to answer today is... Which sin is best represented by which wrestler? Well, let's take a look. As I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are the seven deadly wrestling sins, and who committed them? Number seven, Sloth. Vince McMahon. Now we're in a bit of a weird one with this because Vince McMahon actively tries very hard to make what is a, well, a truly terrible and lazy television show. Vince McMahon's 2021 output, however, is the closest link to the brief of Sloth. The work-intensive process seems horrendous from the outside looking in. A group of writers spend much of their week frantically guessing what their lunatic of a boss might hold an interest in, and it's not as if his tastes are wide-ranging. Why is a distraction finish and a rematch or two acceptable one week and enough to to inspire a conniption fit the next. It's the same show every week, whether he goes apeshit or not. And the thing is, you know the format. The conventional squabbling in a long, fake-feeling promo segment draws out the authority figure who doesn't even seem to have a main event ever planned, and then makes that the main event. The main event more on off doesn't have a finish because they're saving the one that counts for the bloody pay-per-view. Everybody's John Cena. Everyone is a master of ceremonies. Every match is worked the same way. Everything is the same all the time because your investment apparently means nothing to him. Vince McMahon embodies sloth and is definitely going to hell for it. Number six, lust, Vince McMahon. Now listen, in an ideal world, I would obviously choose another wrestling personality to embody each different sin, but come on, it's lust. And it's Vince McMahon. 
He embodies lust because he had an unbridled desire to monopolize professional wrestling and reimagine a splintered regional racket under his own cartoonish vision. He bought TV time that was ordinarily exchanged by local promoters for a slice of the gate, rendering the old agreement untenable for his beleaguered competition, who were forced to spend themselves into the red just to maintain the pace. He wasn't content to merely corner the wrestling market, though. He fancied himself as a renaissance man, seeking fortunes in the bodybuilding, football, ice hockey, restaurant and film industries. He was woefully unsuccessful at everything but the one thing that he was ashamed of being, and that is a professional wrestling promoter. And of course, he also lusted in the old-fashioned biblical way by scripting various buxom women as vessels for his probing tongue as the 2000s unfolded against a grim, indulgent backdrop. Wrestling to Vince was just one great orifice waiting to be, um, well, plunged. And he took that rather literally on screen at the expense of most women unlucky enough to be awarded a Playboy cover. What a terrible old pervert, you know what I'm saying? Number 5. Greed, Ric Flair I mean, we've heard the promos, right? We've heard those wildly charismatic, piss-funny promos so often that we've probably overlooked the stories that actually haunted the real-life Ric Flair, separating the art from the artist as the rawness of time calcified. Ric Flair lived the life, and he wanted you to know it. He'd scream and holler about his material possessions. The more needlessly extravagant, the better. Rolexes, alligator shoes, cashmere, Flair was the picture of avarice and superiority. On a cosmetic kayfabe level, he fits the theme best, but his sense of greed extended far beyond the ring. He lived the gimmick, for one, and it nearly killed him financially as a result. He never stopped living the life, even when the life told him in no uncertain terms that it had deserted him. Flair's greed for the spotlight was also legendary. In order to maintain his lifestyle and buy his however many dollar suits, he gigged his own forehead at the merest hint of an angle, elbow dropped his jacket when the booker knew that they could no longer put a real opponent there in the ring with him, and cut rambling, nonsense promos removed from his seminal vintage just to feed his own desire. Number 4. Wrath Vince McMahon. Yes, I know it's Vince McMahon again, but come on, it's Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is an overgrown toddler with a wild temper. I could just end the segment here, really. When something disagrees with him, he will tell that something to f*** off. When a wrestler commits even a minor transgression, even when it's something that they don't know not to do or something that they were allowed to do a week prior, Vince, in petulant response, will bury them on screen. His anger cannot be contained. He'll sit there in his office and if he's not been sufficiently fed and watered, will reject any and all creative ideas. He is the leg drop of Damocles hanging over the roster. And if you want examples of his wrath being manifested on screen, then just look at what happened with poor old Miro. Miro had the temerity to seek outside work after having been fired, and then all of a sudden, his wife Lana was just getting smashed through a table every other week. Hmm, I wonder if the two are linked. When Dean Ambrose left, who it should be noted worked more matches than any of his peers at the peak of his singles run, he was threatened with a burial at the hands of, yes, Nia Jacks, to whom he offered a sacrifice in exchange for her ungodly power. A house show match was scheduled, but then it was scrapped when Vince was self-aware enough to realize that he was going to make Ambrose look like the wronged party. His actual exit was among the most warm-hearted farewells ever extended to an outbound WWE star, and still, Vince's first instinct was to make him look bad. Number 3. Envy, Jeff Jarrett 
The great shame about Jeff Jarrett, in that his envy has defined his entire career in shorthand, is that he was a tremendous mid-card act who thought himself more to the cost of his legacy. Now, most don't recognize Double J as the prodigy who contrived to star in the dying territories in their doomed reboots, or the braying misogynist who at least knew how to sell that he was an asshole. They know him as the man who wanted to be Stone Cold Steve Austin, but only ended up triple-H'ing Monty Brown. There's no shame in being a great mid-card act, but Jeff was always insistent that he had the stuff. He didn't have it even when he had the stroke to go get it. After killing his chances of working a top program with Steve Austin after calling him a blasphemer, Jeff returned to the WCW with Vince Russo, who was so adamant that Jeff was something that he unfortunately wasn't. What he wasn't was the biggest drawing money act of the late 20th century. But then again, who was? Jarrett's envy mutated into cosplay in the early days of TNA, where he essentially played the role of Stone Cold, only misusing the word ass so liberally that he, in the end, made one of himself. Number 2. Gluttony Triple H Triple H got greedy as he realized that NXT alone was not going to thwart the rise of the independent scene. New Japan Pro Wrestling and Being the Elite offered an outlet of expression and long-term storytelling, ranging from penis-envy-driven murder mysteries and intricate years-long stories of ascension and succession. Knowing that he couldn't conceive the same success, Triple H, with New Japan Pro Wrestling's Western expansion selling out the West Coast within minutes, elected to sign every 5'9 workhorse in the industry, knowing that they were but vessels for the elixir of critical acclaim. But you know what? It's consistent with his nature. Triple H, an honorable mention for pride, ate anything that he could, whether it was WrestleMania match times, props for his entrances, or the confidence of his peers. But in defense of Triple H, he couldn't adapt that with which AEW actually used to overtake NXT, and that is that apparently everybody has to learn from Vince's playbook. Because you know what? There is but one master of sports entertainment, and that is number one, Pride, Vince McMahon. Yes, I know, but come on, it's Vince McMahon, who had the amazing quote, I know what you people want better than you do. This was an old McMahonism, an in-character line delivered by a fictional despot. But then again, Mr. McMahon and Vince McMahon, well, they're one and the same. Vince McMahon has spent his entire career as a promoter thinking he knows best. Strictly speaking, he's not wrong. He's the objectively most successful promoter in the history of the industry, but he's fading in his old age. Because you know what? AEW should never have happened. That can never be overstated. Vince McMahon monopolized the North American TV industry, and that in itself meant that he should have never have relinquished his grip. All Vince had to do was listen to his most dedicated base and just not mess with them. But he knows what they want better than they do, which is odd since gauging by ticket sales, they want to go to AEW shows more than they wish to attend WWE events. Like I said, AEW should never have happened but it did. It happened because Vince, through his own grotesque, prideful hubris, failed to acknowledge the shifting landscape because the shifting landscape did not meet his own bizarre specifications. Let's go through some recent examples, shall we? Adam Cole isn't a star. He's too short and needs a haircut for some reason. Keith Lee is too exciting. Big men can't do that, even though the fact that Keith Lee can do all of that. Stone Cold Steve Austin was boring and not a wildly entertaining mid-card breakthrough act. Roman Reigns was a glad-handing dandy. The Royal Rumble was a stupid battle royale. Brothers don't fight because he and his brother never did, almost scuppering one of the greatest WWE matches in all of history. The WWE as it is today almost seemed to happen in spite of Vince, and yet he possesses the hubris to think that it was all him. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. 
the world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.